good morning from Southern California. This is the first episode of Share the Load in its new structure as an advice call-in show. Um, I am taking questions written and audio. Uh, and the first one that I'm starting with today is from my Discord, the Share the Load Discord, which you can access if you've ever taken a class with me or if you join the Patreon. And I have permission to read this question on the show. Question for y'all. I'm on dating hookup apps for the first time and I'm getting a bunch of matches asking me to explain my gender. They usually ask politely and I don't mind having a con convo about it if it helps potential sweethearts and me get closer to what we're looking for but I'm starting to feel kind of weary of it especially since a lot of my work is gender related education and especially since they usually ghost or evade the question when I ask them about their relationship to gender on the flip side I don't want to get misgendered on a date or in bed or have anyone freak out on me how do you strike the balance between educating potential date mates and conserving your energy So I don't know anything about this person's gender identity other than that they use they, them pronouns, which is not necessarily um, indicative of a gender identity. Um, I love this question. I I get this a lot on dating apps myself, um, and I do consent education. I don't really do much gender education, though I do talk about gender in my work. So I get a lot of questions about consent, um, about intimacy coordination, and I often in dating situations feel like I have to educate people um, in order to mm, like even really be able to have deeper conversations with them. What I've noticed for, for myself is that if I'm starting to have that feeling of I have to I feel like I'm working now on a date or in a conversation in an app. That's an indicator to me that this is not someone that I want to date. So what I'm detecting in this question is um, a bit of the feeling that's so, so incredibly familiar to me and to a lot of people that like, I want to make this person comfortable I want them to like me. I want them to feel safe with me. Um, You know, I want to be nice and I want them to be interested. But I've been working for myself, I mean, for years at this point, um, on recognizing that in these situations, if I'm feeling that I need to um, keep someone's interest or anything like that, then it's probably not a good fit. And that they, I want them to show me that they deserve my time and energy and my trust and my interest um, just as much as I want to prove to them that I'm, you know, a safe person and have good judgment and all these things. So what this question is telling me is that these people are sort of doing you a favor Um, they're telling you that they're not good enough for you, (laughs) that they don't um, have the awareness and they're not asking the questions 
that you're asking. Oh, that's my dog making a sound. Um, they're not asking the questions that you're asking. They don't want to have the conversations that you want to have. Um, and that if you were to date this person, you would start to feel like you're working when you want to be socializing. Um, it has started to be a really great like filtration system for me to notice like, oh, I'm feeling like I have to educate. Okay, then this is probably not, or you know, oh, I'm like switching into work mode on a date. This is probably not a person that I want to pursue a relationship with. Um, it's so easy in dating to get caught up in like this sort of insecure spiral of like, I want people to like me. I want people to be interested. You know, um, maybe you really want a relationship. Maybe you really want to connect with people. And it's feeling um, harder and harder. And I, you know, what this comes down to for me is um, really like an issue of scarcity. It has a lot to do with feeling like if I have any kind of chemistry with someone, I should pursue something more with them when really like chemistry is like the 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 bare minimum you know like it chemistry is not everything chemistry is not gonna help you build a relationship chemistry is just like at least you need chemistry <laughs> um and this issue of scarcity like like I don't want to um you know lose an opportunity lose a potential connection what I found is that every time that I limit myself to a smaller and smaller group of people, whether it's in my work life or in my community um, or in dating, I'm really doing myself a favor. Uh, it, it can feel like I am limiting myself, but I think it's truly the opposite. Um, and that's also how I protect my energy and my time. Not everyone deserves to know you intimately. Not everyone deserves your vulnerability. Not everyone deserves your trust or your time or your energy. Um, and so for this, for this person who's asking this question, I think that um, these people are, they are truly doing you a favor by showing you that they're not good enough for you at this very early stage. They're not right for you. Something I've started saying to people when they ask me a question um, that starts to feel like I'm working is, let's talk about that if we meet up. Next question, please. And it's important to remember that you never, ever, ever have to explain a boundary. When you share a boundary like that, their reaction gives you a lot of information. If they don't take that well, that's information for you. And it probably means move on. If someone's not up to speed with the stuff that you spend most of your life talking about and thinking about, better to conserve your energy, in my opinion. Applications are currently open for my spring 2022 educator training. So if you want to bring the consent and boundaries concepts that I talk about to your business or your job, or if you want to build a business based on those concepts as a foundation, 
This is a program that offers not just all the comprehensive um, consent education that I offer already, but also business support, um, support building curriculum, uh, social media support. There's a mental health first aid training taught by Umu Silla, who was on the show last season. There will be nonviolent communication training from Minachi, who was also on last season. And you'll get a community of amazing people looking to think about, talk about, and teach the same things that you are. Um, the first one last year was incredible. Some of those people um, I'm still working with or working with for the first time. Um, they're people that I consider trusted colleagues um, and we brainstorm and ask each other for advice all the time. Um, it's a pretty amazing group, so if that's something that you're interested in, applications close on April 11th. The link to apply and to read more information about it is on my website, sharetheloadinc.com. The next question is, in my work, week after week, I say I have reached my limit of how many clients I'm seeing, but I've been getting a lot of calls and I'm having trouble turning away people. It's hard to turn away work as a business owner and the main provider for my family. Do you have recommendations of how to prioritize my needs while balancing the financial pressure I'm under and the uncertainty, like if I turn away work now, what if I don't have more later? This is a great, great question. It's about capacity, it's about boundaries, it's about burnout. It also relates to the previous call because it's about scarcity, worrying that there won't be more down the line. So first of all, congratulations. Sounds like you have a thriving business. People are seeking you out. They want to work with you. You have no shortage of work. That's fantastic. Um, I think you can take a moment to celebrate that. That's, that's the dream. What that means to me is that it's time to raise your rates. You can charge more money because you have more work than you can possibly take on. If if fears around being less accessible, less affordable come up when I say that, there's some there are ways to mitigate that and still keep your work accessible. The way that I do it is that I have full price full price private sessions and then I have two a week that are low cost and they're $25 each. And people get six sessions and then they get put at the bottom of the wait list. And then when their name comes up again, they get six more sessions. So that's one way if you wanna raise your rates but you don't want to necessarily exclude people who can't afford what you're charging. I also don't know what your work is from this question, but I'm curious if there's a way to offer, to if, to, if you raise your rates for private one-on-one -on -one work and then offer a group scenario where the cost is cheaper per person but you make more and for less time um, and you also have a greater impact because you're able to work with more people at one time. I offer private sessions at a high rate but I also offer classes you know, six-week classes, four-week classes. I have digital classes that people can download and stream. 
So there are ways to diversify your income streams so that you can work less. Another thing to consider is that if you are working yourself to the point of burnout and exhaustion, then you're not showing up in a way where you're doing your best work. You're not offering your clients the best version of you that you can. So that's something that I think about a lot. You know, when I'm trying to protect my time and energy, I'm thinking, like, how do I show up whole to this work? Also, and again, I don't know what you do exactly, but I suspect it's something in a, in a, in a healing profession, um, either a therapist or um, some other kind of practitioner um, along the lines of the kind of work that I do. You know, I'm, I'm trying to support people in, in resourcing themselves, in getting rest, in respecting their boundaries, holding their boundaries, communicating them, saying no when that's how they actually feel. And so if I can't model that for people, I'm not going to be very good at, at guiding them to do the same. So whatever the values are that you are supporting people in, in upholding in their own lives, you have to embody those as well. I would recommend practicing saying no. Maybe a friend would be willing to do this with you or a colleague where they would um, ask you if you have availability and you just say no to them and just notice how it feels in your body. What comes up? What are the thoughts that you start to have? What are the physical sensations that you feel in your body? It can be so hard to say no, especially when you haven't done it before. So practicing it and, and getting in the habit of it can make it much easier when the stakes are higher. I would also recommend drafting a standard email response that you can just copy paste when you get these kinds of emails that are hard for you to say no to so that you don't have to go through all of the sort of emotional rigmarole of like, oh, am I gonna say no to this person? What are they, you know, I don't wanna turn them down and where can they get help? Just you have a standard email that you can copy paste and it takes a bit of the emotional charge out of it. Another thing that's really important, and I talk about this in my consent and your business intensive, is the idea of referential access. So if you have people in your life who are maybe, who do similar things to you, who are not having the same level of success, and that might be because of their identity, because they haven't had the same opportunities as you, you know, for any number of reasons, um, being able to refer them, not just when you're not available, but also when someone comes to you and you're like, you know what, I think that what you have described as what you're dealing with would be better, you would, uh, you would be a better fit with this person that I know who does amazing work in this realm. You know, I talk a bit about burnout in my work, but Umusilla is the burnout expert. They are a therapist, they're a mental health professional, um, they focus on burnout. So when someone comes to me and they're talking about burnout or asking me if I would teach a burnout workshop for their company, I point them to Umu. So my question to you is, who are these people for you? Who is on this list of, of recommended practitioners that you can offer people instead so that you can mitigate that feeling of, I know I can help you, but I'm not available? You are helping them. You're helping them by referring them to the best possible person for them. In that vein, I am offering a two-day 
consent and your business intensive in June. It is available to register already on my website, sharetheloadinc.com, in the upcoming classes. Um, We talk about everything that I just talked about in that last call. Um, We also talk about um, figuring out what your values are and, and, and calling in aligned projects and being able to say no to projects that don't feel like a good fit. Um, We practice negotiating rates. We myth bust the idea that if you love your work, you shouldn't get paid much for it. Um, That's how we justify our own exploitation, and it's bullshit. Um, There's a lot of stuff that we cover in that class. I love teaching that class. It's also part of the educator training, but I teach it as a standalone intensive as well, and it is available on a sliding scale. If you'd like to call in with a question for me to answer on the show, you can call 213-290-0610. You can also email your question in written form or in a voice note to podcast at sharetheloadinc.com. The last question for today is, how do you balance feeling safe when part of what you're looking for is that feeling of fear arousal? Great question. I think about this a lot. I am not an expert on BDSM stuff. I would point you to the Ask a Sub podcast from Lena Dune or her Instagram at Ask a Sub. But from my perspective, and I do have some training in this stuff from intimacy coordination and a certain amount of personal experience with it. And I think a lot about where these desires come from and how our desires get built within us from media that we're exposed to, um, you know, whether that's music, movies, um, magazines, uh, TV that we're watching, um, various forms of education, so on and so forth. So I don't think that we need to know where these desires come from. There are desires, we have them. So now the question is, how do we get them met in a safe way? So one thing that comes to mind just right off the bat, have a safe word, super easy. The red, yellow, green system is a really good one. Um, Red meaning absolutely stop. Yellow can either mean like slow down or less or check in. You can decide with the person that you're with. Green is, you know, this is great, I like this. And so green often doesn't get used very much, but I, I would encourage using green, especially if there's like a sound that you make that could be misconstrued as pain instead of pleasure, or if you like pain, you know, pain and pleasure are um, often very overlapping in our neural networks. So the green can be just a sort of um, reassurance to the other person that I like this, I like this, keep doing this. Another thing is um, a pressure scale or an intensity scale. So you can set these things up ahead of time in a way that you are eliminating the shock that would break trust while still allowing for surprises to take place. So in in the land of intimacy coordination, we talk about how surprises break trust, but you can set up in your personal life 
surprises that are based on things that you've agreed on ahead of time. So for example, someone might say, you know, I want you to choke me. Um, I want you to choke me when you want to choke me and I don't want you to ask me. Okay, great. So what you're going to do ahead of time is you're going to say, um, what is the intensity on a scale of one to 10 or the pressure on a scale of one to 10 that you would like me to choke you at? And then that person might say, um, up to a seven. And then you would ask them to show you maybe on your arm, um, or on your throat if you would like, uh, what their seven feels like then you can say like, you know, you check in with yourself and you go, can I, do I feel confident that I can replicate that? Yes or no. And then either way, it's a really good idea to then show them maybe on their forearm, like, does this feel like a seven to you? Is this your seven? They would say yes or no. Um, That's how you would calibrate to each other's intensity scale or pressure scale. If it's something like choking and they don't want, they may not be able to speak or they don't want to have to speak, um, you can come up with a, like a physical or visual safe word. So maybe it's they pull on their ear or they tap you three times on your arm or something like that. Obviously, if you have them tied up or restrained in some way, you want to come up with something else. You know, maybe it's a, a sound or um, they stick their tongue out or you know something like that so that they're able to access the safe word um, regardless of the activity that you're doing. What this makes me think of is people who don't like being asked if someone can kiss them. And to me that comes directly out of like um, what we've seen in movies and TV where people just sort of like read each other's minds and want to kiss um, at the same time somehow. Um, So I do think it's valuable to ask the question like, why do I want this? What am I trying to replicate? And not in a judgmental way, just in a truly curious way, because there may be a variety of ways to experience that feeling while still keeping you and your partner safe. You can also come up with a menu of things that they would want you to do and then not say which one you're going to do so that there's still this element of surprise. Maybe it's something that's not sexual, not something that you would be doing in bed, but something else that you could do out in the world. Um, And so you can agree to what that is ahead of time, but not to the time that it's going to take place. So there's still this element of surprise. They can still experience that feeling of fear arousal, um, but it's within what you've established and agreed to ahead of time so that the trust is maintained. I think it's also worth getting clarity on um, what it is about the fear arousal that is um, that they want. So it might be like, It might be the surprise. It might be that they can't escape. It might be that they're, you know, that they're physically restrained or that you've left the room. Um, Just getting clarity on what it is that elicits that desired response in them is also going to help you figure out what you want to know ahead of time. Another thing is 
I really love this this tool that comes from Rachel Flesher. Um, she taught a, a sex choreography workshop that I took a couple years ago. She's another intimacy coordinator. She talks. She likes to say, um, "Was that what you expected?" afterwards instead of is that was that okay and I think that's a really useful thing in these situations where you know someone might be okay but what happened was not what they expected and that just means that there wasn't quite enough information there wasn't enough specificity ahead of time and that can help you get clarity on how to mitigate someone's expectations um, you know manage someone's expectations that's something that can really help build trust and and intimacy um, so that you can do these things again and again and get more detailed so that the shock value... And I want to distinguish between surprise and shock. I think that's a really important distinction. I think you can like establish the potential for surprises in a safe way, whereas... And, and it would feel like what you might call shock. What I'm calling shock in this instance is something where trauma is really a possibility because trust is being betrayed and broken. All right, that's it for today's episode. I will see you next time. Share the Load podcast is produced and edited by this guy, me, Mia Schachter. I also wrote the music. I forgot to record the video this time, but in the future there will be a video version of the show with subtitles available on YouTube. If you want your question answered on the show, you can leave a voicemail at 213-290-0610 or email a voice note or written question to podcast at sharetheloadinc.com. I have recorded classes available to download or stream on my website. I have several classes coming up, and the educator training applications are open. That will start on April 18th. It's a three-month program if you want to build your business around concepts of consent, boundaries, and being trauma-informed. There's tiered pricing available for everything, and you can see that all on my site, Share the Load